Well, welcome back to the Zeitcast, everybody. This, I think, might just be the coolest thing we've done yet because we're on location in Oklahoma City at Chesapeake Arena, and I'm with Joel Houston from Hillsong United, my friend, and also fellow tall person. It's so good to be around a fellow big person where it just feels normal. It, it doesn't actually feel normal. It feels strange to me. But yeah, I, get that. I, I know yes. what you mean. Yeah, no, for sure. But we embraced, we and did. it was like we're well, right here. Yeah, like I had to. My arms came under. Yes. And yes. I just, I was like, this is strange. That's what it's like for every person who hugs me. Right. Exactly. Except exactly. Ex- yes. But man, I just especially because uh, tonight the the gig was brilliant. It was absolutely beautiful. And uh, I just so appreciate right after the show, while adrenaline's still coming down and all that, that you'd be willing to take some time to hang out. So thank yeah, you so much for being willing to, to hang for a bit. So to be here. It was a, it was a magical night. Yeah. Uh, and I was saying, you know, I was, just, I was so struck by many things, but like the, um, just even the scope of it. I mean, we were talking a little bit before about, and I promise I don't just go around going to concerts all the time. But I was in Houston a couple of nights ago and went to see the National. And National's one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. And coming tonight and I was being like, wow. This is a bigger show than a national show. I mean, it's yeah. like you know, the, the, I mean, not just production either, just yeah. kind of the scope and the scale and the energy of it. I mean, wow, this yeah. is really, really special. Yeah, it's wild. You know, I, for me, I think um, I love, what I love about it is because I know all the details behind the, mm. the, what the, our guys really are able to, to pull off um, because we likely don't have the same kind of budget as a lot of other people. Sure. Which is fine. Um, and we never have, and we likely never will, but what you get is um, the, like this mass buy-in to kind of like mm. pull off the impossible. And then it forces, even in that process, um, it forces us to find better ideas. So it's like, oh, let's, you know, what could we do? What's going to be helpful? What's going to be useful? Yeah. Um, and so a lot of it is bringing a big room, mm-hmm. make, trying to make it personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's using that because uh, there's people who are like right up the back yeah. and um, you want them to to feel engaged and so forth. So it's like, how can we use what we have, whether yes. it be lighting, staging, um, all the rest of it, to kind of create some kind of um, immersive experience, not just for people who are right at the front, right. uh, but for people who are right at the back. And right. that's always the challenge of it. Um, mm. And then, you know, you come up with these great ideas and, you know, impossible ideas that then force us to think of something different. You go, oh, hang on, that's actually a better idea and it's going to, we're yeah. actually going to be able to afford it. And, da, da, da. and so we have this team of guys who work so hard um, mm. and like, they're just amazing. And so what they, when they apply their gifting to what they're doing um, and some of them are like carpenters, you know, that just, it's like as remarkable to me, if not more remarkable than what you hear when you hear Taya sing mm. crazy notes, you know, because yeah. they're just doing what they do well yeah. and they play a huge part in this as well. So it's mm. pretty fun. Wow. Yeah. But well, it comes with challenges. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, it's a, it's a gorgeous experience. And I think, you know, as I always feel like about the songs that you write and that just the whole songs kind of coming out of the movement, there's such a, there's such a universality to the song. Mm. So in that regard, as great as the production is, and it kind of does make the room smaller and pulls everybody in, there mm. also is this way. It's like, I think it's a different level of buy-in to the songs. And you can, mm. I felt that with the people around me, you know, like how yeah. much this has clearly been, these songs are the soundtrack for people's real lives. And, mm. uh, you know, I don't know. I just, so it's, there, there's, a, yeah. there's a, a depth and breadth to the songs yeah. that people are finding themselves in that I think is amazing. Yeah, well, that means a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we want to try and do. That's the goal, you know, is to try and help. Um, I always think about, like, so often, sometimes you have a song, it, like, just, it's like it, 
I'm sure this is the same with when you have a sermon. Or, sure. You know, like you know, like the book comes out, you know it just mm-hmm. flows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's easy for you either because um, it's something you've meditated on or it's something you've chewed over or wrestled with mm. uh, and then it comes out naturally or it's just a, like it's like God just flows, like the Spirit just flows something out. Yes. But other times, you know, it's almost like you have to, it feels more like going to work. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you have to like um, mm-hmm. almost... So what I do is, and it could be a friend, you know, it could be a friend I know is going through a particular season or is going through, you know, some kind of thing, or it could be someone completely made up, imaginary, but I'm I'm sure there's millions of people like this person. Mm. So like, I'll write a song within mind, okay, there's a 25-year-old guy, um, Mm. you know, he's been working his whole life to try and get a a particular kind of career Uh, he's been through college and he's finally there and it's not what he thought it would be and he feels like he's wasted his life and he doesn't know where God is in the midst of it and suddenly he's an adult and he's out of home and all the stuff that he's kind of that his faith has been built on is kind of like crumbling around him and he's not really sure how to navigate this season so what kind of song can you give that guy Mm. and that that really helps for me um to still make it authentic, even though the words aren't necessarily, it's not necessarily something I've been through. Right. Um, but then there's universality in that too, yes. because whatever yes. that comes out in isn't as specific as what maybe I just described. Yeah. And so you find, you know, you might have a song where there's just people on different sides of the room in completely yeah. different scenarios and yet it speaks in the same. And that's what God does, you know, and, and yes. that's where, you know, you've got to trust the Holy Spirit to do mm. um, the real work. Uh, because the song's not going to change anybody's life, you know. So, yeah. um, but it can act as a vessel um, for God to kind of like maybe just to open the door, or open the heart, or like close off the mind just enough for people to kind of experience um, the real thing. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. And you know, and I know you know this. Like mm. for me, like the most uh, visceral worship experiences, you know, that I've had aren't in a worship service. Oh, sure. Ever. Um, and that's you know, and I. Like I can hear music that is in no way, shape or form written for the glory of God. And I just see the glory of God written all over it. Yes. That's because of where I stand. Yes. But it, it, it goes to show, it reveals to me that like, you know, one, that God is the author of creativity. Yeah. Um, two, that like he uses all kinds of things um, to get the job done mm. that we tend to kind of, you know, wrap up and push over, push aside and go, well, that's not, God's not that's not godly. And I'm like, well, it might not be godly, but God can still use it. You know? Absolutely. And so I think it's, it's got a whole lot more to do with people are at. So yeah. the journey of a night like tonight is, and it is a journey. You've got to kind of take people through this kind of different thing is that hopefully by the end, they're just not thinking about all the stuff that maybe they came in carrying preconceived yeah. ideas, mindsets, whatever it might be yeah. that they're able to kind of like put the guards down just enough for them to have mm. some kind of real experience that, mm. um, they wake up tomorrow and it helps them step into that day with mm. a kind of newer, a greater understanding of who God is and, mm. and, um, and, and what kind of promise and plan he has for people. And that is the thing, is it? It feels like to me that, I mean, I know God is always equally present, but in terms of any kind of conscious sense of the presence of, of God, it's always getting past self-consciousness. Sure, yeah. Like when you get past self-consciousness, we get that place to where you're just not so self-aware, you're not thinking about how you're thinking. I mean, it, and it does take a while to get there. Yeah. But that is what it feels like, is that by the end of the night, the people are truly getting lost in the experience. They're getting lost in the wonder. Yeah, I'm sure like there's a whole lot of people going, hey, we need to get home and like relieve the babysitter and sure. i got to get to work in the morning and sure. all the kind of rest of it. So, that, you know, that's that's all good and part, parcel of it too. But like what's really interesting to me is 
on this tour more so than any other, you know, there's moments where you kind of engage with the crowd. Like, yeah. you know, we get out there and we, we have a couple of moments that are out on a stage that's much deeper in the crowd. And so, you know, we just walk through the crowd, you know. And the thing about it is, like, they're not, like, fans who, like, kind of want to grab, you know, like, mm-hmm. they're respectful and they know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, like, in my head, I'm looking around going, no one's enjoying this. Like, mm. you know, everybody. So I, I immediately start thinking about um, people who might be cynical or critical or people who might be just not having a good time or someone who, you know, um, I don't know. Like, that's consuming. Like, that's me. I'm missing out, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just doing what you just said. I'm yeah. more conscious of you walk out there and then you start talking to people. And sometimes I'll focus on one person who I think is having a miserable time and not mm. not over trying. You can't do anything but I'll just be like hey look that guy who knows what's going on in that person's life you know and and so I'll just at one point when I walk through I'll just kind of you know one time there was this guy and he's on his phone and Mm -hmm. he's um he's he's just kind of on his phone so I just walked by and just kind of surprised him as I was walking out to the B stage like no one there's no lights on me or anything it's just and I just kind of went up to the the gentleman and I said are you are you playing a game you know like and he's like, what? And he like kind of he doesn't realise it's me right away. He kind of pulls his his um back, his his guards are up. And I said, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, like I said, you know, he looked at me and I kind of just walked off and went up to B stage, we sang these kind of acoustic songs and and then on the way back, I walked I was walking back and um there was this little these two kids, they were probably like ten or eight, I don't know, like and um and the I saw them, so I just kind of went up to them and gave them a high five. Mm. And as I did, this this man grabbed me. And I didn't realize, but it was the same guy. Mm. And he pulls me in and, and he says, um, he goes, you, I couldn't understand what he said right away. And so if he's listening, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I heard. He said to me that um, his wife, and he pointed to his son, his mother, was meant to be here with us tonight, but, but she passed away in a boating accident. And I think he said... <sighs> With, wow. with my daughter, mm. two weeks ago, and so I just hugged him. Mm. We just hugged, and um, and then and he's sobbing on my shoulder, and then I prayed with him for him, you know. And by that point, we were like three quarters through the next song, and mm. you know, and I just I did not do it like I, and I went off stage. And I was just thinking about, I was like, like, isn't it just like God? Like, I'm mm. thinking this guy's having a miserable time. Like, he's not enjoying yeah. the night. I walk by, it's completely random. There's 200 people on one side that you walk by and 200 people on the other two are just wow. on the aisle. Out of 400 people that I stop for him on the way there and then on the way back I stop for his son not realizing it's the same spot. Yeah. And, you know, in all of that crowd and all of that moment that God would want something like that, just even just yes. to let that guy know in his grief mm. that like you know God's there for him for whatever mm. that's worth you know th- those kind of moments absurd. to me are yeah they're absurd and um, and amazing and there's been so many little things like that along the yeah. way um, and that gives me you know so that is a reminder to me yeah. to just get out of my own head yes. like yes. know that God's doing stuff that you know <clears throat> we don't know and, and trust that the whole experience um, is you know like you just never know mm. and I think our job has always been, I've always viewed my job with these kind of nights and what we do in general, writing songs, like it's not on me. Like the end result is not on me. Mm. You know, I can't control that. Um, but the process, the journey of, and and the motive and the intent and being like all of that stuff, 
Yeah. That's something I have to nurture and, and steward well. And if we do, and by we, I mean, because there's a huge group of people in, you yeah. know, they're involved, you know, I feel like, um, one, it takes the pressure off on the other side. Mm-hmm. So whether something's successful, something's not, whether right. it gets a claim, whether it doesn't, whether it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, you just have to trust that um, God's using it, you know. That story that you told is so profound on so many levels. And, but one of the things it kind of speaks to for me is this idea that, and I feel these things happen in the room because, like, you see if I can say this in a way that makes sense. I mean, I feel like, on the one hand, and this is one of the things that I love so much about what you're doing, and I think is so interesting. And it's funny, even like uh, when, before we were talking about my, and it, everybody makes fun of me at this point. It's a cliche, my love for you too, but I always talk about you too as my reference point. I love for, you too. Okay, well, clearly, because the thing that's in you, it's so, it is big, it is yeah. like, it is arena. And yeah, you, you know, no, I love you too, but I love. Oh, and also you too. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but like, there's this like, um, there's the bigness, the bigness of the songs, but mm. also the kind of artistic integrity and credibility. Because even hearing that story, like, that's one of the things I, I love about you guys. It's like, there's this way in which so people are singing these songs around the world, and so it's hitting a main artery. And in that regard, it's like. It's, it's top 40. I mean, people love these songs. And in that sort of Lennon-McCartney way like of, of, of like worship, people hear these melodies and they feel like they've heard them all, they've heard them all their life and they just know them. And, it's just, and that's wonderful. And yet, I feel like, you know, and all the more with the last record, um, and I feel like it keeps moving in that direction, there's a, there's a grit that's there, mm. a sense of reality that's yeah. there. And when you were addressing the crowd, when you took about maybe six or seven minutes of his talk tonight. But who's counting? It wasn't like that. But like, um, definitely not me who preaches for an hour of time. But there's no sense of like worship as burying your head in the sand. Like there's very much a sense of you're a person who knows what it's like to be in broken spaces and seems very aware of what a broken moment this is for so many people, even in terms of culture and stuff, and that 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 reality is fully embraced here. So mm-hmm. the word, so it's not. Um, it there's a kind of transcendence that happens here, but it's not escape. It's not escapism. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I've seen like the the depth and breadth of, you know, the, of all of it when it comes, especially to like, you know, like say corporate worship, you know, and it's. So I've seen, you know, that there's there's maybe. Um, I, I don't want to be critical or anything. Cause it's, I think this room and space for all of it, you know, yeah. it's not, um, for me to think that like, there's got to be one way to do it. See, I don't think this, I don't think our churches should look like this. This is not, sure. this is a church service. Sure. But this is like, it's at an extreme level, like, because at, we have the opportunity. We, we didn't plan it this way. I think I mentioned this tonight. I'm not sure if you heard it, but I was just talking about like, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years mm. and I thought that the last time I would do it would be the first time I did it. That mm. was like, oh, cool, we got, that's cool. Like, and then the next week I thought, I never, there was no plan. I had no desire to grow up and be like a rock star or worship. Yeah. Yeah, well, I do want to be a rock star, but that's mm. different. That was, yeah. uh, that was different. But, but this is like, no, I think even if you showed it to me mm. as a kid, I'd be like, oh, that's, well, one, that's not going to happen. Two, I don't know if I actually want to do that. Yeah. I've got these other things in my heart. You know. Yeah. Three, so the whole journey of getting here for me is, for me, I would, I would say it's the same with all of our guys. Mm-hmm. Is there's this really healthy reluctance? Yes. Um, yes. To, it's not like everybody's clamoring for position right. and to sing a song. Like nobody, no, none of these guys would ever be like, oh man, like 
I should be singing that song I wrote, mm. or whatever it might be. Like it's the, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, and that's why I love it so much. And it's, it's been that way from the get go. So when mm. we first kind of recorded some songs in our youth ministry, our attitude was literally like, oh, like we should write songs that our friends at school would like if they came to church. Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. And so it was evangelistic. In it was this idea of uh, we want our friends to come. Yeah, and we want the music to be good. Mm. Um, and so, you know, one of my best friends um, at the time, like I remember he, we started writing songs together when we were like 15, 16. And, uh, you know, we would just like close, like he, he, this is how he would describe it, but he'd go, you know, I'd close my eyes and I'd just see all my friends, all my friends from school, like we're young, we're teenagers, and they're, they're loving God and they're loving Jesus and they're singing at the top of the lungs and they're dancing mm. and they're having like a, it's a mosh, but having wow. a great time. And then I listen to what they're singing and that's the song we write, you know? Wow. And I was like, oh, that, that's actually probably the, you know, you're trying to create this, this something. Yeah. That was it. That's all we wanted to do. That then, over a period of time, mm-hmm. it looks like then someone calls us and says, hey, we want you to come to Canada and play at, you know, this youth festival. And we're like, what? Mm. They're actually going to, like, we're going to go on an airplane, you know? Mm. Like, and it's like, yeah. And then bit by bit, that, but every single time it was like, that's the end of it. And I still, like, this is the end of the tour. Like, we've got three, yeah. four nights left. And yeah, we have a couple of things planned, but mm. I'm not looking all the way down the road. I don't know what yeah. next year looks like. And so what that does is one, it means that I feel like we really save at the moment, like treat mm. everything like it's our last yeah. thing. Um, knowing that like there's something really simple about like just being faithful with what God's got in your hand mm. and trusting him with everything else and not trying to grab a hold of all these other opportunities and things. It's like everything just kind of like lines up and then it's yeah. about wisdom and and trying to make right decisions and keep your heart in the right place and look mm-hmm. after relationships. And because, you know, there's been a million areas where sure, like I feel like the enemy's tried to build wedges and mm. knock us off course. And so you go through enough seasons where you, you get weathered, you know, like yeah. like yeah. we get weathered, our skin is sure. weathered, sure. <laughs> literally. But but so is like my, I feel like there's like these, um, you know, the story of like, I can't remember if you, you might've said this. I can't remember where I, where I learned this, but um, it, you know, where Paul, after the shipwreck, and you know he he's bitten by the viper, he shakes it off. Yeah, you know? and and someone I don't know, they made this take this for what it's worth, but it was more like oh this is what it was. I had a friend who was trying to make a movie about Paul, okay, and, and so this is how they were writing that scene, and I loved it. Uh, and and it was like because um, the snake bit this place where he had had been with so many scars mm. from his time in prison, like it didn't penetrate. You know, like now mm. I. You can believe that any which way you like, but I love that. Mm. I like that. I just like it personally. Yeah. So, you know, my theological friends out there probably they, some of them will give me a field day, but I just like the thought of that because it's like mm. something natural about that. Yes. The suffering, the perseverance, the the, yeah. the going through that, and then it saves him later on, and yeah. it's a miracle, and it leads others to kind of, mm. you know, see God. Yeah. And I I feel like that in my own life. There's times and seasons where. I look back at it now and I'm like, man, like, okay, God's, like, there's a part of me that's weathered. Mm-hmm. That means that doesn't, that thing that might have affected me yeah. back when, like, yeah. even like this, like this tour, you know, the, the grandioseness, like, no, when I was 20, if that's what we're doing when I was 25, I don't mm-hmm. know, like, maybe I would have been like, I don't know, like, I maybe wasn't ready for it. That's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I, I'm grateful for that. But now it's like a, having been through some of the seasons especially in the last few years it's like mm-hmm. you know there's something 
in, in the way God prepares us for things down the road, yeah. that actually helps lead a way for other people to kind of like, um, I don't know, like find their own kind of yes. um, track there with God. And I think that's the biggest desire. You don't want everything and everyone to look like what we do. And right. I don't want to look right. like anyone or anything else. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like I could go out there and try and be Bono, but it just wouldn't work. Sure. You know? And um, I think I learned really early on, like, to walk, like someone once said to me, like, hey, you just got to walk in your own shoes, you know? Like, mm. um, and I grew up pastor's kid. Sure. So everybody, you know, grew up with every single kid, every single person being like, you can do what you do you know, you can do what your dad does, you know, when yeah. you grow up. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I remember watching Darlene Check, who was like the big worship leader. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also my babysitter. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's um, awesome. You know, but she was just so amazing. And yeah. I remember you used to think like, like who, when Darlene's not doing this anymore, like who could possibly do it? Mm. You know, and I, it's laughable now, mm. but like, I had certain strengths, certain weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've, over time, God's just continually surrounded the areas of weakness with strength and it's mm-hmm. other people and it's relationships and it's people it's like Jed. It's those guys I'm standing next to tonight, yeah. all of whom have run their own journey, got amazing, but they literally complement each other's. Yeah. And no one's kind of projecting from their weakness to yeah. kind of cover it up and no one's, and it's, mm-hmm. it's really, really beautiful. To me, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a picture of, uh, I mean, that's what I think the church should be, you know. Like, so rather yeah. than us kind of pointing at everybody else and going, well, yeah. you're doing, we do this well, you're doing yes. that bad. It's just like, let them do that. Just just do what you do well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and trust that God's using that too. And I know mm. there's a time to call people out. There's a time to like, sure. you know, but I think the way, man, we get so sidetracked. And that's what we're not aware of. All this to come right. back to your question. No, this is so good. Is, is like, yeah. Us, when you talk about, you know, our self-consciousness and projecting yeah. from that place, yeah. like all, all that comes across is striving, yes. ingenuine. Like the more we try to, it's like humility and pride, you know, like, so like false humility, it's just, it's like, kind of, it's just pride, right? Like it's just, yeah. that's right. <laughs> it's, and it's kind of obvious, mm-hmm. especially in our culture. Like oh, people, sure. it's on the nose, people see through it. Yeah. And so someone's genuinely trying to be humble. Yeah. And they might be even telling themselves, like, you know, like, it's just obvious to me. Like, because the real, mm-hmm. you know, to me, humility is just honesty. Like, it's just yes. being true. Like, and I think, I think that just comes across. It's intangible. Yeah. And so some, if some person's not aware of their own kind of, like, if they're trying to cover up for, say, insecurities or areas of weakness and mm-hmm. try and project in that space by being better or try, maybe even trying to cramp someone else's space or overdo mm. it, it just, it doesn't work. Mm, right. And, um, and the opposite is true as well, I believe. Yeah. That is, you know, um, if, if we don't allow other people to operate in their strengths, right. it just makes us, it just exposes our weaknesses more. Mm-hmm. And we think it's not. Because we think mm-hmm. that, you know, if they get great, then for some reason that means that there's less of the pie for me. Sure. Or it's just, a, it's an, absolute lie it doesn't work yeah. that way every time you make room for other people mm-hmm. it's like you lift the lid on mm-hmm. on what what you're doing as well that's been my experience you know mm. i love that so yeah sorry i don't even know that answered your question if you no a this is so yeah, good just, this is so good um it's late you know guys it's so, late this is what we do no this is perfect <laughs> i love that i love this after show again like it while the adrenaline's still coming in, this is perfect um think a little bit about because you do strike me as such a like a genuinely humble person, not falsely <laughs> humble. And um, 
I think some of that, you know, and I wouldn't say any of this, of course, if they weren't things that you've already talked about publicly. But I remember when we kind of first connected, one, because, of course, I love your songs and love your music. I was shocked that you had read the Shipwreck book at all. I would know you didn't know who I was. But, like, the, just as you've talked, even this last season and before this record and all that, that sense of kind of hitting a wall. And what you talked about, and, of course, this is not nearly on the scale that you know that you are but as a preacher's son my grandfather's a preacher always having the sense of living within the certain script and certain kind of pressures and expectations right. like um but you know j- just that whole experience for you even of being who you are and when you're on your own kind of faith journey sure and you do kind of hit an iceberg but you're doing that in a context where you're leading people and you are writing songs that people are singing while you're still at a place where you're, you've still got stuff to figure out and you're still a human being. Like what's that been like for you? Like even in these last few years in terms of like grappling with now you're at this place and there is this platform and there's this resonance with what's happening in your life. But at the same time, you know, you're still in your own journey with God and you're still a guy and there's still like just stuff yeah, to well, figure out. I mean, what's, what's interesting is, well, firstly, if anyone out there hasn't read, you know, has five a shipwreck, yeah, you must. And I don't even know how I stumbled into it, but mm-hmm. that, when I started reading, I just felt what I, this, I hope this doesn't sound like, I think I said this to you, I prefaced this, as, but I felt like you were putting words to things um, in a way that I understood that I, that, um, I could put words to, but not in a way that other people could understand. Mm. So like, so the essence of what maybe songs I was writing at the time, yeah. were, uh, things like that. I just felt you articulated that with such great, um, so it really spoke to me. Mm. It was almost like, oh, that's what I'm trying to, to get mm. together. And it was so helpful. And I know it's helped tons of people. Mm. And there's a, there's a couple, you know, there's a couple of chapters in there that just brilliant. Um, and so anyone out there hasn't read it, you need to Oh, read that's it. so that's, humbling. Thank you. Yeah, but that's really everybody generous. here probably has read it a hundred times. But it's, it's one of those, it's, it's a really great book. Mm. What's next, by the way? Sorry. Uh, you know, I, you I, I'm, I'm in the midst of finishing. You know, it's interesting because I was talking with Amanda Cook about mm-hmm. this a few minutes ago. Um, I'm finishing the third book, and I do think it's finally going to be wrapped up in the next month or two. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because we had, we had a whole conversation about creativity with this because I know this maybe is a side note. But it was so interesting because, you know, the book came out in 2016, and I thought, you know, I was under contract for another book, write it within a year. I really felt like there was this sense of the Holy Spirit of, you've just got to live some more life first. Mm-hmm. Because everything I tried to do yeah. felt like shipwreck 2.0 or 2.5. Yeah. And in reality, this has been very surprising. Because that was like, that came out of what really was five years of yeah. a lot of angst and pain. Yeah. And I, find, I remember having this kind of a profound moment. And funny enough, when I went to, when I was in Ireland for a week and I did see you two for a few times. <laughs> and I had this whole week almost where I got to spend a lot of time alone doing these things I just loved. It, the lack of self-consciousness of this came up. I had this sense of like, you know what? That's really not my sound anymore. I'm actually in a place right now of joy. And I think what's coming next, this is, I mean, it, it even is my third book. I think it's supposed to be a resurrection book. Right. And I think I have to find a whole different sound. But I feel like it's like I had to live a little bit longer oh, yeah. to find the sound so that I don't just default back into like, you know, well, now, almost like I was getting used to being like the shipwreck guy or something. Yeah, well, yeah, what's amazing is, so that time when we met, we met the day that we released an album called Wonder. Yes, like yes. In Chicago. Um, 
and I think I'd reached out to you somewhere on, on Twitter and so yeah. we were talking and then you're like I'm in Chicago I'm like oh cool we're in Chicago too so we hung out that night and um, and you know so I didn't know speak about awareness so I, I like it's something I always consider because I know that the whole to be aware of something is to be aware of something if you're not aware of it you don't know like if, yeah. if I don't know my breath smells then my breath's probably going to stink right until someone lets me know and usually when someone you know then you're like oh and it feels awful. Yeah. But, you know, if you... I had a, one of my best friends said to me, uh, I was like 16, he goes, man, you know you're really inconsiderate, right? Mm. And I'm like... And he's a good friend. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you, you can just be inconsiderate. Mm. And that was so a lot. I'm like... I had to grab him. I was like, hey, man, I need you to tell me mm. what you mean. Like, because I don't want to be somebody who's inconsiderate. That, yeah. to me, is the opposite of what I want to be in life. Yeah. So if I'm inconsiderate... Please tell me mm. how and where and why I'm inconsiderate and I will do my best mm-hmm. to change it. But I have never forgotten it. So mm. like over the course of years, I'm like, was that inconsiderate? Was that inconsiderate? Was mm. that inconsiderate? Now, just by being aware, whether I like it or not, yeah. I'm naturally going to be more considerate. Yeah. And whether or not I'm still inconsiderate, you know, I don't know. But it... Like, that was huge for me. I thank him to this very day. Mm. But that's a picture of, of awareness, you know. Yeah. And so I think sometimes, one, we're afraid to offend people or we can, it's easy to, like, hide anonymously and just throw hate for one of another thing. But, oh, sure. But, but to, to truly be aware of something is, is I don't know, like, it's, it's – because it is a waking up process and, yes. and you kind of speak about this. Um, but when you wake up, it's like this – it's like a, this – a disillusioning kind of thing. You're like, oh, where absolutely. am I? Like, it's that feeling yes. of like waking up. Like I do it every single day. You know, that feeling of waking up. I'm like, where yes. am I? Okay, I'm in a bus. Like, where am I? I'm like, mm. I'm in a parking lot in some city. What's, you know, it's like, mm. there's this moment of like trying to grapple with it. And then you're like, you have your coffee or whatever. And you're mm. like, okay, I'm on with the day. Everything's good. But we've all been there. And, um, and so when I met you that day, mm. I didn't know. Um, I didn't, I wasn't aware of exactly what was going on in my life. Wow. And I think um, right after that, I've talked about this elsewhere. I'm not going to go, I don't really want to plan to go into depth. With sure, it, but sure. Can, that's not a big deal. But, you know, I had friends, funny enough, I think was it the next week or I'd just been to see you too. That's what we're talking about. So oh, I yeah. saw the Joshua Tree. Yeah, yeah. And so I went there. It was after. So I went and saw Joshua Tree in New York. And my, um, I lost my wallet that night and I saw mm. a bunch of friends, random friends. We went out and we had you know, a couple of drinks afterwards and, and, um, and I lost my wallet and in my wallet was my green card. And the mm. next day I flew to Australia. And then when I got to the end of Australia, I had this two week break where I was going to be, um, just get to hang out with my family. I'd been mm. away for like five of the first six months of the year. And, uh, I wake up on that last day of this conference we have in Australia, ready to fly home, just exhausted, just so looking forward to it. And I, I realized I don't have my green card. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I'm i like, oh, goodness. So I'm like, I'm surely my passport it will work. I'll be able to take my passport through and I'll just have to probably do like a check. It's a bit of a bummer. I might miss. Anyway, my passport went through the wash in the back pocket of my pants and was all wrecked. So I have no passport. So I can't travel home. Um, and so I'm stuck in Australia and my f- family fly home and, and I'm just like, this is awful. And mm. I guess I, and I went into this hole and that was kind of this starting moment. 
And then I realized there's like, there were so many people showing me over, like asking me questions like, are you okay? Um, Is everything good? You know, you look a little disheveled, you know, like Mm. you need to slow down, like everything going. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I genuinely thought I was good. I didn't Mm. think there was any problem. And over the course of the next six months, it really, because it took probably another five, six months Mm. um, and really stepping back from a lot of things, I kind of just put myself just deeper and deeper into these holes. Mm. And there were more and more people trying to kind of help me. And I I genuinely thought I was fine. Mm. And then it was like, it wasn't like an intervention like everyone, but it, it felt a little that way. Yeah. And I just, I stopped and I just realized how much perspective mm-hmm. I'd lost. Now, maybe over the course of three, four years, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but it felt, it was such a rude awakening, mm-hmm. like being ripped out of bed yeah. when you're like dead asleep yeah. and going, whoa, mm-hmm. okay, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be this person. Mm-hmm. I don't. And then it was only then I started to stop and really look at what was going on mm-hmm. in places in me that I just conveniently pushed aside yeah. just to keep going. Sure. And to like, you know, and it's like you build, it's like muscle, you know, like you yeah. build muscle up, you know, that protects you from actually being aware of some of the things that are going on. Yeah. Some, and for me it was it was just having to kind of, um, like wonder, I was trying to find the wonder, mm, you know. Yeah, and for me, so get that. it was one of the most joyful times of my life because yeah. I love my my son was like he was two three that time, and mm. I just love being a dad, mm. and I love him, full of potential. And so the, for me, I'm I'm like everything's great, like yeah. my, my, you know, I love my wife, I love my son, you know, everything's mm. great. But I had tensions, mm-hmm. and rather than you know, you can live with one or two tensions, it's fine. Yes, yes without resolving them. Yeah. But once you've got three or four things going on, sooner or later, like it's chaos. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't hear anything clearly. I can't see anything clearly. Yeah. And so you're looking at this all stuff. I'm going, okay, I, the only way to fix this, because mm-hmm. it's chaos in my heart and my mind, mm-hmm. I'm thinking stuff that I've never thought before. Yeah. I'm not being, I think I'm being a good husband. I think I'm being a good father, but I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I'm just looking, I'm, I'm not aware. Yeah was to slowly unwind these tensions yes. one by one, reconcile them, resolve them where you can. And then all of a sudden you do that to a few different areas of your life. You go, oh man, it was chaotic, but there was just a few too many things out of tilt. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that journey was huge for me, but so much mm-hmm. of it, um, when I think back now to the day when we talked in Chicago yes. and, um, and I was asking you questions, I actually yeah. I feel like I was like, Hey man, like um, you've helped me, you know, but, uh, can you help me? You know, yeah. um, it was really great. And I remember we talked that night. It was an in- interesting night. That we oh, had. it was a wonderful night. Talked, it was great. But yeah, I just was not aware until much mm. later. And it's now when I look back and I go, yeah. oh my goodness. Like, yeah, I was inconsiderate or mm. I had bad breath and yeah. I just had no yeah. idea. And, um, you know, not to, Joel, not to take this in a whole different direction, but I think it's interesting. Did you say you turned 40 at the end of this week? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I'm 41. And I really think there's something to, and I think this is even beyond sort of stereotypical like midlife stuff, but I think kind of even through like my own shipwreck journey, one of the things I read about, you know, there's this poet, Robert Bly, wrote a book called Iron John, Mm -hmm. most profound book on men and masculinity I've ever read. It's not cheesy at all. I mean, it's very like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's not just kind of like, let's wear camouflage and go in the jungle and find ourselves or something. It's very profound. And one of the things that like he got at, and I remember at the time, when I read this, it was, it almost felt so, 
intuitive, so prophetic. Like I almost wanted to throw the book across the room, like in the never ending story. Like I can't, like I can handle this, but he talks about how, like, especially if you're kind of like, if you're a boy who more or less is good, who tries to do the right things, who kind of internalizes everybody else's expectation, does what's right, how you hit a certain point. And he says it's typically, I don't remember exactly how he words in the book. I want to say he says roughly between 35 and 40 that the tensions inside internally are so vast Like there's all these unresolved things. You end up kind of absorbing everybody else's expectations for you. So you start doing that and you have no idea what's going on underneath, Mm -hmm. but it's typically in that age range for a man in particular that in some way or another, that conflict rises to the surface and it will, it'll feel like something's happening to you, but it's more like you're engineering that because the, the rift underneath is so deep. You need a way to kind of work that out. So it kind of has to come to the surface so that you have to confront those tensions and have to like wrestle with, okay, like who am I in the midst of all these things? Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, I feel like it's interesting, you know, because it's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual, you know, it's, uh, it's all of these things happening at the same time. Okay. Like, yeah, I can't, I'm I'm afraid to play basketball because I don't think Mm. I can dunk anymore. Mm. Right. So I was like, that's, that's a thing, you know, like, oh man, okay. I might never be able to, you know, do that again. I've been able to do it since I was 17, 16, you know, Mm. like, so you, there's this side of it where you physically, Mm-hmm. You know, you're going through a transition. You, you've got emotionally, I mean, what you just kind of spoke about, especially mm-hmm. with like trying to figure out how just to, how am I supposed to take care of myself? Yeah. And I've got to be this for all these other people. And I don't know, you're on the other side. Like, cause, like I mean, Raw talks about it so good. I, you know, I read Falling Upward. Yes. On the other side, like, like even right after, I remember reading it again. And it mm. went from something I... Like I, I'm like, oh, I read it. I'm like, oh, that's great. Like I know this. Yeah. But then when I read it again, I didn't read it all. I was just skimming through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, going, okay, like it's not enough for it to be here. It has to become flesh and blood, you that's know, right. like yeah. the revelation. And mm-hmm. and the only way to go through that is to go through it. You got to wrestle yeah. it, you know. And so it was really wild because again, coming back to that awareness thing, and I know you have already tried to change subject, but no, not at all. But huh? being aware of something yeah. because it's actually physically, spiritually, emotionally. Yeah. Okay. I, this is what, and then you read something, and you're like, "Oh, this is real now. Mm-hmm. Like, is this real to me?" Mm-hmm. That's where it's the road. I, and I think you know, the same is is true of when it comes to all the things with our relationship with God. You know, you yeah. grow up in church like we did, Sunday school. You know all the stuff. Like, you know sure. it. You know it. You know it. You know it. You know it. You live from this place of I get it. I know it. I know it. I believe it. And then the rest of your life, and God's got such an interesting way, like the way you created us, the way that. It, our, our bodies transform the way yeah. that we, we, you know, there's this aspirational, like everything's upward and, mm-hmm. and everything about us is like, okay, like this, you know, conquer, like, like and then naturally everything tails off. And, yeah. and so you, in that place, it's like everything goes from what's outside to what's internal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's like that, that hilltop where it feels like you about to fall off a cliff right. or you need to. Yeah. And sometimes you actually just need to let go and everything suddenly yes. happens. Like I'm, I've felt like I'm 40 now, like I'm turned 40 and everyone's like, Ooh, how's it feel? I'm like, honestly, yeah. I felt like a 40 year old for two years. Yeah, like I get that. it's weird. I feel like, I mean, I'm, I'm still 39. Like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm still in my thirties, like for three mm-hmm. more days. Like right. <laughs> um, I'm ready. Yeah. You know? And, and what's yeah. wild is even with what we do here, like mm. it's like, I just don't think about this the same way. I, mm. The, the thing that really helped me is I got to the other side of 
this kind of season and um, I just realised that I don't know that I've ever fully had like a concrete purpose. Like I know mm. I have purpose, but my purpose has been much more just trusting God. Yeah. yeah. Um, whatever that looks like. It's not like, man, I've got a calling to be this or I've got a calling to... I've yeah. never felt like I've had a calling for anything. Hmm. Never felt like I've had a calling to be a songwriter, anything. So interesting. I've just written songs. Yeah. There's things in my art that have been there from the get-go that yeah. I still haven't done and I hope to one day do. And now all of a sudden, mm. what seemed like impossible or what seemed like I was casting aside to mm-hmm. do this other thing, mm-hmm. it's like by doing this, I found myself in a place where this stuff is actually... I can see those things colliding in yeah. a, an amazing way that would have, if, if not for doing mm-hmm. like this, uh, this being kind of just trusting God and following, being yeah. obedient yeah. Um, in certain ways, I'd still be grappling and striving and trying. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, at this point in my life, I just don't want to be doing that. You yes. Know? But yes. what I want to be doing is that when I talk about that purpose thing, it's really simple. Mm. I felt like God felt like it was, it was just, I just want to be who I wish I had at every stage of my life mm. to people in that stage of the life, especially yeah. for the guys and the girl, you know, the people. So just to be someone who can help people navigate yes. things that I wish I had someone to help with. And I did have those people, yeah. to be honest. But all of a sudden the purpose is so off what I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. I still have these dreams. I still want to achieve great things. I still want to yeah. do great things. But the purpose is so much more about, it's so much out, it's so outward yes and that makes sense so I can now reconcile all these mm-hmm. other tensions between where I am at mm-hmm. and the things I want to achieve or the, or the opportunities and dreams I might have whatever that might look like or being a man or being mm-hmm. you know I can do that because I've got this kind of like anchor of understanding when it comes to this is why mm-hmm. to help others kind of mm-hmm. kick through it's been that's been so hugely that's rewarding great. for me and it's, it's really helped um Again, mm. in in kind of trying to figure out all these different things, and I'm still on the journey. Mm. Like I, I just got such an amazing piece there, like, yeah. and and sense of like, I, I can't fix all the world's problems, right, right, and I know I'm meant to, yes. you know, yes. Um, that's hugely, that's a huge relief, you know. Like it when, is. when I was 28, I thought I had to solve world hunger, you know, right. like it's it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm cool with like just going. All right, maybe I, if I, maybe I'll just write songs. That's not it. Yeah. But if that's what if that's the best way that I can you know use my gifts or use whatever opportunity God's given me, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like I said. I've, I've never wanted to just write songs. Yes. It's not my thing. But I'm cool with it. Mm. That's what faith looks like to me, right? Oh, now. I love it. It's and it's. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if other people. They might be like, what's it even? It doesn't make sense. But. It really makes sense to me. Makes all the sense. And yeah. honestly, I find it tr- tremendously liberating because like yeah. I kind of, my t- temptation, I've never been able to do this, but I always feel like I should have more of an overarching sense of purpose or how things fit together. Like I want to go 30,000 f- f- feet and like have this macro giant narrative. Cause I think that way I kind of think in narrative, but I feel like the further I go, the more I feel like I can't do it. It's mm-hmm. too much pressure. Like what yeah. can you do? except try to be responsible with the moment you've got right in front of you. Yeah. Here's what I got. Um, I'm inspired to write a song today or not. Here's this relationship. Here's this thing yeah. that's right in front of me. All I have like is this moment. Mm-hmm. And to trust that somehow, I mean, that's almost more and more kind of how I'm thinking about God these days is that whatever else we believe about God, that God's the one we trust 
to build a narrative about all this. All we can do is like live into that moment. Like yeah. anything else is above my pay grade. Yeah. But if but if I don't think any further than to try to discern, okay, what am I supposed to do in this moment? Yeah. Okay. And then, try, but it's not up to me to build some kind of master story and to plot it and to script it and to build it. And here's the, you know, that that's that stuff is just above me. And I feel like I'm getting to this place where um, I was with my friend Juanita Rasmus a couple of days in Houston, uh, and she had this this image for me was very powerful because she's kind of like of seeing me. And she's you know, her and her husband pastor this amazing uh, church, very kind of a black Methodist church. It's really beautiful. But she had this image of like me riding a tricycle like in a circus like in a big top and like riding how I was what my life feels like but her prayer for me was that you'd learn to have fun while you're riding that highway yeah. and that's what I feel like right now like yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna like do this it's, and I'm not gonna overthink it and yeah. I'm not gonna overanalyze it and I just wanna be present I just wanna yeah. be here I mean I think I, I think it's hugely rewarding I mean you said it too like it's, I mean before we were talking you know like just how one season has led you to another you know and then mm. you're saying you know you want that book to come out because yeah. I mean, it's the same for me like even when we um, uh, when we first started talking when I read Shipwreck and you know to be honest I read it and I felt like I, to be honest I didn't feel like I needed to write the book I was writing at the time which mm. I was asking you for advice on mm. and and the reason is because one that wasn't I see it now that wasn't the time Yeah. but at the time I was like Look, if someone writes that song, I don't need to write that song. Yeah. Like someone yeah. else has written it. Like, mm-hmm. so if 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 there's a space mm. where and it, it feels right, there's something to offer, mm-hmm. and there always is, and it's you know, but the, but timing is perfect. So that book I put away, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm, people like us who went to, I'm like, I don't know, like it yeah. could be, I don't care if it comes, I might never release that book. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just. It might actually make just make more sense ten years from now, or twenty yeah. years, or fifty years. But I feel like right now there was. I always, even when I was writing, there was like this. I was missing this last chapter, you know. Mm. And um, and then I lived that chapter, and mm. it gave weight to what I was trying to write. Yes. In the first eleven, and yes. and and I go, ah, okay, cool. So maybe yeah. I just start with chapter twelve, mm. you know. And mm-hmm. and um, and it's just, I'll but also maybe not as yeah. well because yeah. if. There's so much great literature out there. Like, I don't need to be a writer, you know? Yeah. And I was like, why do I have to write a book? Mm-hmm. There's so many great books. Now, if, mm-hmm. if it's going to help someone, I'll do it. And so, anyway, I do plan on writing books because I, yeah. I love writing. Yeah. And I feel like there's, you know, there's certain lessons along the way that, you know, I think if I could find words as eloquent as yours, you know, that I know the top that are as practical as yours as well. Like, that'd be really cool. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like, you to say, find as eloquent as yours, like your songs, because I hear your songs, and I'm like, okay, I could have 80,000 words yeah. and not get done what you can do in three and a half minutes. So yeah, but, let's talk about well, eloquence. But there's something in that, right? Because <laughs> there's something in that, because I, I had no problems writing words. Mm. But when you've got to get a big thought into, yeah. you know, six syllables, yeah, you know, and... Like that's helpful for me. Like the parameters, mm. limitations are mm-hmm. really helpful. But it's so fifty thousand words or eighty thousand words or, I mean, like where does that end? You know that. So I was turning single chapters into like that much, and I was like, yeah. this, this is stupid. So I, I, anyway, mm. but the li- the lesson there for me is like, um, the limitation. Yes. It's, yes. It forces you to kind of just find that. Because I, if you haven't figured this out already to anybody, I don't know why I look like a computer when the camera's there. But I, I, um, I, 
I talk in big circles. You know? Me too. And so, which is why this works. Usually, it's <laughs> like I just talk a big, 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 big circle, and at some point I go, and that's why. <laughs> um, thing, and hopefully, in the middle there, someone right. goes, "Oh, I see a picture." Right. You know. Um, so, and I, I write, I write songs that way too. So, mm. you know, um, like a Venn diagram. You mm. know, it's just like here's a circle, there's a circle, there's a circle, and then in the middle you get this, you know, this this crossover, and hopefully there's a little space in the middle where. Uh, those things kind of combine and, and you know, those three colours combine and people get a full image of, mm-hmm. of whatever it is that um, hopefully God wants to say not yes. me so much yes. yeah. it's, it's cool I love that and I have that big circular way of talking which is part of why we get along we're big people and we have a big <laughs> circular way of talking and maybe this is, this is how we do <laughs> but man I love everything you said I, first of all I do hope that you that the book comes out at some point in due time. But I love that notion of like, you know, man, just like... It's called How to Survive a Train Wreck. How to Survive a Train Wreck. That's great. <laughs> that is a book that needs to be written, I think. Like, I want to read this book. I'm more into trains and ships anyway. I'm over <laughs> my sea metaphors, I think, at this yeah. point. But man, like this this whole idea of like, you know, I don't know, just I think with any create anything creative or anything God's just doing with our lives, like you can't force a thing along. You mm. just kind of have to live the story. And when it's time, and what you said about even finding that last chapter and then things making sense retroactively, because I, I feel like I'm in that kind of moment too, yeah. where like I was still, everything I was doing still sounded like shipwreck 2.0 or 2.5. And it's like now that I'm at a different place where I'm experiencing joy. Yeah. Because honestly, and you, and you, I know you know this too, um, or I, I, I'm guessing you do, like I would have to think that for songwriting sometimes too, it's like you're trying to write your way to shore. You can glimpse something, but you're not really there. Which is fine. I feel that's part of what the you know the work is supposed to be. But now I feel like I'm actually coming into some really interesting places where a lot more is making sense in retrospect. It's like, oh, now I understand why I couldn't have talked about this then. Right. I didn't have the perspective on it yet. I just like I haven't lived into exactly. it far enough. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like someone who hasn't seen a movie, you know, but tells you all about it. Yes, you know, and you're like, well, you read a review, you know, like right, oh, right. You've you've read like it's cool. Um, I don't know like I just I feel like it's that that even as you were talking then like and I realized what it's like that's the metaphor in metaphor form but in real life that's every step of my faith my walk with God mm. is you know I've, I've always looked at it like you know if faith doesn't it's not meant to make sense yeah looking forward yeah it's just that's why mm-hmm. but in hindsight yes you know, it's it's 2020. You go, oh my goodness, like okay, and we have to remind ourselves and the constant call to want to to, to go deeper in relationship and level. Mm-hmm. Of trust. I mean, to me, it's all about trust. Yeah. And every relationship's built on that. Every everything in life, the the big breakdowns in society are breakdowns in trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what can you trust? Can you even trust facts anymore? Can you trust information? Yeah. Can you trust? Yeah. Like all these high and mighty things that we humans who think so highly of ourselves and what right. we construct, like we've created these mechanisms that have just, de- just depleted trust Yes. Uh, in institutions, in each other, in uh, the church, in mm-hmm. people, in friendships, in the whole thing. You know, like it's, it, it's, it's, you know, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That's right. But the, the, my kingdom is an unshakable kingdom. And, and I'm like, I mean, that is it. Like, even the concept of understanding, like what the grounds that you stand on, like, yeah. you know, if that's all we've got, 
Yeah. And if people are trying to fit God into a, something they can understand, right? I mean, that is shaky ground. Absolutely. And, yes. And it's and so that's what we're living. So for me, it fills me with hope. One of the first things I read that you wrote was, um, "We want it darker." It was like a blog post. Oh yeah, we yeah. want it darker. Sure. They talking about Leonard Cohen. Yeah. And I was like, ah, okay, cool. Like I get that. Mm. But you know, it was like it was this this kind of whole. What I loved about it was. I, I was filled with hope mm. um, the shakier things get yeah. because I look around and I go hey it's alright like yeah we're a part of this like we have to sure. be, be truth seekers and truth tellers and we have to be people who but maybe like God's in control here yeah. and we just gotta like like you said uh, just kind of tie ourselves in and go f- enjoy the ride you yeah. know and um, yeah. and know that yeah there's a huge part for us to play in this um, but at the end of the day, like everything's shaking so much, yes. like well, what's left to hang on to? Absolutely. And I believe the time's coming. People are just going to run through our churches, not because it looks fantastic, not because yeah. it sounds fantastic, not because we've got preachers who are like, it's, it's got nothing to do with any of that stuff. Like, yes. and most of the people who people, especially like, I know that this is not the, it's not real life. Right. That's right. It's exactly. an experience and it's that's great. Right. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's like going to a U2 concert. Totally. A U2 concert. That's not real life for them. Yeah. No. And they've lived the rockstar dream for years. Yeah. And anyone would tell you that no matter what they do. That's and right. anyone who tells you or has you believe differently, that yeah. they're just lying. Absolutely. It's not real life. Mm. And, and I think that's why there's this separation where people mm. now are lying to themselves about what life should look like or yeah. who they're meant to be because this is what they're projecting to the world. Right. So this is, and then they're going home and they're going, but what's this? It's not yeah. that. You can't yeah. reconcile that. Absolutely. So where's the trust gone? Within ourselves, we can't trust ourselves anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things too. Like when I was in my deepest, darkest place, like I couldn't trust. I stopped trusting myself to be mm-hmm. able to kind of like just be who I wanted to be. Yeah. To my the people I love, I just thought I was gonna just thought I was gonna let them down. Yeah. And that's a lie. Yeah, that's so true. You know, so at that point, where do you land? You know, mm-hmm. well, the, the view from rock bottom. Right. That's right. Uh, can be a really beautiful one. It really can be. You know, and because at that place you find out, you're reminded again that, you know, um, there is a sure foundation. Yes. And um, and either, you know, we can put ourselves there mm-hmm. <laughs> or we'll find ourselves there. One way or another, we all end up on our knees, you know. I'm so glad you actually found that piece encouraging because for as much as there are a lot of things that do discourage me in the world, that's the thing for me right now is I feel like, as ecclesiastical systems are shaking and political systems are shaking, all that, mm-hmm. all the stuff that we thought made us secure before were lies anyway. None of it was true. We were never in control. Yeah. So anything that removes those illusions of control gets yeah. us closer to the real. Yeah. And for all the things that are challenging, that's the part for me that's exciting. Because I think we're yeah. getting all getting a little bit closer in all the chaos that we're in right now oh, yeah. to the revelation of the real. Come on. And that, to me, is what's good about this moment. 100%. Yeah, it mm-hmm. fires me up. I've yeah. been so filled with hope. Um, on these, this you know, this run that we've done, mm. like even at the get go, something happened, and you know what happened? It happened, like um, in like the the places I expected to kind of be the hardest and the driest, and yeah. the, you know, like the, the certain cities, like especially urban centers, like for us, uh, are amazing. Like you know, really multicultural, diverse, mm-hmm. like full of life. So you get this kind of beautiful melting pot of people. And it creates this beautiful environment. It's fired up. And then there's other places too, um, especially in the States, where in the past, 
you know, you're like, okay, like, and the, the, the traditional kind of Bible belt spaces sure. for, for us haven't always been awesome. Yeah. But it was in those places, mm-hmm. um, especially kind of running like through the South towards Florida, into Florida, mm. something ignited. Mm. And it was, it just filled me with so much hope. Wow. Um, and it was like, there was joy and there was freedom, there was passion. Mm. And for what that's worth, it says something, like people are hungry. Yes, they are. And I, I think that. people are desperately searching for something solid yeah. and something to make sense of all these things they can't reconcile. Yeah. And um, I'm not saying it was our worship concert that did it, but maybe that environment just hopefully, it just seemed like it was already happening. Absolutely. So, and it's happening in Europe, massive. Yes, yes. Like there's crazy things happening, like beautiful mm-hmm. things happening in Europe. People are, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it, it's happening all across the world. So we're, we're in South America at the end of this year. And um, I'm pretty excited about it, yeah. you know, because there's so much going on down there. And uh, we were in Central America at the end of last year. and It was incredible. Mm. Um, That's awesome. And so, yeah, like, I don't know, like the world's just, you know, it's spinning. It is. Yeah. And everybody's feeling it and it's all shaking. But I do believe there are these global currents of with that comes a different level of freedom, of openness, vulnerability, receptivity. That's what we're seeing. Yeah, and we've been praying for this stuff. Like, we've been praying, you know, that God would do something in our lifetime, you know, like, you know, and of course he has and he is. But, like, why not now? Like, and I just, my prayer is that we're ready, you know, and I feel like in in some ways, I feel like God's just kind of cleaning up house a little bit too. Yeah, Because if if he, you know, in order for uh, the church to be, you know, I think what what it's designed to be, mm-hmm. you know, there's some things that we've kind of got to like bring to the surface and kind of yes. sweep off so that when people walk through those doors, what they experience is, um, is the real thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So my friend, I so, cannot thank you much. I'm so self-conscious with the fact it's not like a full a hour in it's after hour. the show. I can't believe that you would take this, man. This has been such an honor and so much fun. And I just feel like, such a kind of soul connection with you. This has been beautiful it, and so good for my own heart. So thank you for willing to take the man, time appreciate to, it. Yeah. to hang. And I hope it was helpful. Oh, that. so, so good. <laughs> Would you mind? I thought even tonight as you did this, it was so beautiful. It doesn't have to be anything like long, but it's so interesting how I see some of this happening in digital spaces. If you would feel comfortable just praying for us in any way you'd feel so led, I just love right now, like, you know, you just never know what kind of little digital sanctuaries people are because I do feel like am I praying for you or praying for people for people okay but if you want to pray for me I'll take that too so whatever direction you want to go with that I'm down yeah for sure Mm. well God we're grateful and um we're grateful for all the things that um that are obvious and we're grateful for all the things actually that um are sometimes hard to reconcile um but we know that you are true and that you are faithful and you are good and um, and you're always moving parts that we don't see in ways that we can't imagine for reasons that are far beyond us to kind of um, comprehend or put together in our own strength. So we're grateful for those things. And so I pray for people right now, wherever they are, wherever they're watching or listening, um, that they'd be reminded again um, at, that you are ever present. Like that is massive and and we're grateful for that. Like you're not removed. You don't distance yourself from our circumstances, our challenges, our questions, our doubts, our fears. In fact, you you show up in the middle of it. And so God, I pray that you'd give us eyes to see. More importantly, ears to hear. Um, 
what it is that you're saying, what it is that you're calling us to, what it is you're wanting to reveal to us um, in ways that really, um, even if it's uncomfortable, help us kind of break off some of the shackles of the old skins and step into this new one that you've called us into. And um, and God, I pray that that'd be a process that we wouldn't um, wrestle, um, you know, just... With, you know, rebelliously, but it would be one that we would like wrestle and embrace in, in that kind of surrender sense. And that you'd constantly be bringing us back to that place of surrender and gratitude, saying thank you and saying sorry and, and being prepared to kind of be people who constantly take that road when it comes to others in our life. I pray that um, people right now, like maybe who have real questions and doubts about um, their calling or like what it is um, they're on planet Earth for, God, that you would open their eyes to see that it's right in front of them. And I, and I believe that too, for what it's worth to anyone out there. Um, I believe that, you know, you don't have to look too far. Look at what's right in front of you. And um, and so, God, I pray that together you'd continue to lead us into your truth. God, that your spirit would continue to mold us and shape us into the people you're calling us to be. And, um, God, more than anything, that that um, that this church that we're a part of, like the church, the body that that, that you're, you're leading, that it would... Um, continue that we'd find out understand our part in it and just play it uh together because um i know it's high time for us to be who you've called us to be so god i pray that i'm speaking over everybody let's just yes. play our part in jesus name amen amen thank and i thank you, you for this man oh it's been yes yeah <laughs> you're ready i'm grateful um god i'm grateful for jonathan i'm grateful for um his, his openness and transparency and willingness to kind of take the gifts you've given him and um, and continue to, to to service others, help other people in their journey. So God, I pray, Lord, that that flow would just continue to just abound in new stuff and stuff that would, um, that would you know, travel paths, the low roads, you know, that kind of that idea of... Um, water descending into the low spaces and the cracks and the places where um, the lowest places that in those dry parts God that whatever it is that um, is flowing your words your, your, this kind of stuff that it would find people in those places that are really dry and it would bring life to them um, and uh, God I pray that uh, you would bless him and whatever comes down this road very very soon and um and just real clarity in knowing you're in the right place at the right time with the right people mm. i believe that for you in jesus name you don't have to put that in the podcast that one's oh, just for that's you beautiful. it feels a bit strange but oh thank you friend that was amazing grateful for you wow thanks so much for doing this it's been what a night yeah, thanks bro i just appreciate you and thank y'all for joining us on this oh, podcast. I forgot you were even here. This is so sweet. It's so putting, I'm putting important. My, uh, <laughs> yep. Bedtime. Bed That's socks. awesome. I know, what, what, what time? It is actual, like, I don't think we have recorded anything at one in the morning. Yeah, this I think the bus, so. oh, the bus leaves at one. So. Oh, my God. So, well, thank you again. Have a great day. It's been so Appreciate special. Appreciate it, man. We'll, um, Bye, everyone.